to all my people if you're into He-Man The Skeletor, the unofficial revelations companion It's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know Masters of the universe, revelations, for sure We breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in Before He-Man, grab somebody and start eating From Evil in Clamp Champ, Tila and the Man of Arms They have the power, so come and join the squad Yeah, dear Skeletor, the unofficial revelations companion Let's go! Welcome to Dear Skeletor, the unofficial companion podcast to Masters of the Universe Revelation. Join us as we recap each episode, celebrate the things we loved, and discuss other aspects we might not have liked as much. I'm John, and I'm joined, as always, like two halves of the Power Sword, by my co-host, Forrest. How are you doing, Forrest? Not too bad. I'm I am stoked. I'm excited to I'm excited. I'm so excited, I'm excited to talk about uh masters of the universe all the masters all those master universes yep all the universes too let's talk about them all this is yeah, gonna be not? a 15 hour long podcast i hope everyone's ready yeah sit back get some popcorn uh catheter about four months worth of provisions make sure you got that um you're gonna need someone to clean you off once in a while and make sure just you know take a break get up stretch your legs uh you don't want to become one with the couch yeah we don't want to here we want you Mm-mm. to be able to move you know but don't move too far no <laughs> not far enough away from the uh whatever audio thing that you're using to project this podcast into the world yeah, unless it's uh, Bluetooth, then walk at least 40 feet away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but then not any further, because then it'll start cutting out. Exactly. Then you'll hear, like, Masters, Revelations, and that hmm. might really scare you, and I don't want to do that, so... Yeah, it might scare you, but actually, after you, you just said that, that might be the optimal way to listen to this. <laughs> Cut out every other word. Yeah, just every fifth <laughs> word. I think it might work better. He. <laughs> sorceress. <laughs> See, I arms. already get it. <laughs> I get it. Like, I get the gist. And I think that's really the uh, the most important thing is to, to get the gist. But, you know, um, why don't we, you know, there is, there is a possibility that people who do not know us are tuning in this to this podcast for the first time. So why don't we tell all the people out there, welcome, first of all. I hope oh. you have all the stuff that we just talked about. <laughs> it's crucial that you have that before we start. Um, but why don't we tell everyone out there a little bit about us? John, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about you and your history with He-Man and all that stuff. Yeah, my name's John, and I love uh, He-Man and all things He-Man related. Or Jason. Uh, lifelong fan. Um, big fan of the toys. Big fan of the all the different masters. I mean, I hate to even admit this out loud, but not really. I'm even a fan of the 1987 hit movie, Masters of the Universe. Uh, I know. But I have two of their posters. <laughs> They're in my house. And there's zero shame for them. Uh, yeah, a huge, 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 huge G-Man fan, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> what? I mean, I can attest to the fact that you love that 
that He-Man, or the Masters of the Universe movie, I should say, uh, with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella and Courtney Cox and uh, uh, Voyager, Star Trek Voyager's own uh, uh, Paris. Geez, what right. Was, what, what he played was... Robert Duncan McNeil, I think, is. Sure. Gesundheit. Yeah, sure. But he, he was in it. And then there was like the guy who played Man at Arms and Tila and Gwildor. <laughs> <laughs> who will never forget. <laughs> of course, Meg Foster. <laughs> As evil. Yeah, come Lynn, on. Keep going. Keep know, going. You know, and then there's also James Tolkien. Who is, you know, the principal from Back to the Future, but the oh, right. Grizzly Cop. I forgot about that. And then don't forget Christina Pickles. Sure. How how could we ever? And that's that... all the names that are on my poster hanging. In my <laughs> <office>. <laughs> well to the others, we wish you well. But uh yeah, that's uh that's awesome. I'm also I'm a long-time uh, Masters of the of the Universe and He-Man fan myself, um, and a long-time He-Man fan, because I'm quite old. Uh, yes, yes. You and I, John, are the same age, and it is like we are sort of... It's like we are sort of been raised. It's like we have been raised by He-Man a little bit. Yeah, I would say that is uh, that is true. I love um you know proclaiming that I have the power. Uh I love morals. Sure. Um Yes. Yes. But yeah, the original He-Man, uh the everything the that's the line launched back in 1981. So not shortly after, I mean, maybe we were the inspiration for I think for so. E-Man. I think so. I think Someone we... was at a hospital and they were like, look at that baby. I've got an idea for a toy. <laughs> you know, I was with you and then I think I'm going to have to pull the, uh, the eject handle. <laughs> going to have to pull the old ripcord on this one? Yeah. Well, that's actually, it's funny that you say, or that ripcord would come up, because that's what I was going to say. Everyone knows that you, when you were a baby, were very ripped. And so that's what I think, that's where I'm going with this. I think that, that they saw you as a little ripped baby, and they mm. said, you know what? That baby just gave me an idea. <laughs> That, that first off, that baby is jacked. Second off, he's got he's got the power. I think. Yeah, I don't know why I said it, but I think he has it. Yeah, and, and he's got that weird kind of Prince Valiant haircut. Yeah, I think, yeah, came out just with it, full luscious blonde hair. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that about you, but you were <laughs> you were born with a page boy, a perfectly straight blonde page boy. Yeah, with the. The, the the bangs and the um yeah you know I was blessed that way and yeah then, you know went to the desert once and most of my hair fell out and turned black so there you go <laughs> there and, you go and then the whole like you know super buff body went away when uh, I discovered a little food called Popeyes <laughs> well it's kind of like you know when babies are born and they have that kind of like adorable sort of doughy look? 
It just yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, you were just opposite. <laughs> Born super ripped. Super ripped. Oh, he yeah. lost his uh his baby muscle. Yeah, what? you know it happens. Does it? <laughs> I mean, that what kid are you was talking ripped. about? That kid was ripped. He could bench press three fifty. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a buff baby. He's, yeah, I mean, don't look it up, guys. But this is yeah, this is I would have it up. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records, I think. I don't remember. Um, don't fact check me. Uh, <laughs> just, just go with it. Just go. You with know, it. they lost all those. Um, they lost all those Guinness Books of uh, World Records in the uh, in that great Universal fire that destroyed all those uh, original copies, the original masters of all the, that music. The the bad, bad, original bad. Guinness Book of World Records was in there too. Not a lot of people know that. Yes, you are correct. That's right. So your your record is lost to time, and no one can confirm it. And that's why. Yeah, there's uh, no way to validify, it, but <laughs> yeah. just trust me on this. It it is true. <laughs> yep. It is true. Um, but uh, so I mean, that's great. That's <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> so that's a true fact, and that's great. Um, but we're both, uh, you know, lifelong He-Man fans, and old enough to be have seen the original runs of the uh, of the cartoons, and to have some of the original toys as well. Um, and so this this show, I feel like Masters of the Universe Revelations, of course, is the show that I'm referencing, and this show feels targeted at us. I would agree. It, it 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 is hitting all the right nostalgia points, or trying to hit all the right nostalgia points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've even gone on record as saying that this is a continuation of the original series in a way. Um, you know, with obviously some updates to designs and stuff. People get tired of wearing the same bracers. Sometimes you want like a van brace or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You dress it up. You dress it up. Maybe you ditch the Iron Cross and you go with more of a He-Man shaped logo on your chest. You know what I mean? Progression. Progression. Yeah, and He-Man had an H on his chest plenty of times. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, the, like yeah. the like armor He-Man, right? The I forget what he's called, but the guy who has the entire armored chest. Yeah, uh, battle damage He-Man. Yeah, battle. He's got an H, right? Yeah, 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 and you can punch the crap out of it, and it'll uh, chip away, and you're like, "Yeah, he's taking damage, yo." <laughs> yeah, didn't it like flip around, and then there was like a dented, uh, yeah, thing? It, it, yeah, it was clean, kind of dented, and like maybe normal person getting hit in the chest like that would probably be dead just from impact, <laughs> right? No, those are it. Um, you yeah, know, like it's pretty a, brutal. Yeah, like a real solid, you know, like chop of a sword or axe or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, R- ruin it would ruin your day, but not it would not, not be human. good. No, yeah, but uh, yeah. So there are. I think that's one thing to acknowledge because I, I think in terms was of tone and in terms of the actual storyline, it's very clear that this is a continuation of the original series. But visually, to your point, there are some, some some significant updates in terms of character design, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, 
And I think that just kind of goes with the, you know, the shift in animation, kind of having a more, I don't want to say straight up anime vibe to it, but it kind of definitely has that like Western anime vibe to me. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, like it has, it definitely has the shape language of both, right? Of like more of a contemporary Saturday morning cartoon and then also, you know, definitely inspired a little bit by anime. I think initially when they announced the show, they said it's an anime and then they stopped calling it that officially. Okay, well, uh, I'll retract that. So the animation style is very... <laughs> and it's fine because you know when you have a style um you know it's you got a very different shape language than normal animation sure. style compared to a style yep sure i don't i don't want to get i want to get in trouble here i don't want to call it a you know a goddamn too far away now. <laughs> <laughs> no i think you were actually right and I think that actually that you uh, doing those beeps there and sort of letting the audience fill in the blank is is a, a decent segue for me to just kind of point out that there has been seemingly, or at least from what I've noticed online, there's a bit of a cottage, <clears throat> cottage industry uh, that has popped up around hating the show. And I just want to tell anybody who's listening to this right off the bat, that's not what this show is going to be about. Um, This is, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away about how we feel about the series, although I think that once we start talking about it, you'll you'll be able to tell. But this is um, we're not here to take a. Take a steaming dumperuski on the uh, on the show. We're uh, we're here to celebrate it for the most part, and you know we we have our opinions about certain things. And of and being lifelong fans, there are I'm sure some details that will stick under our craw, so to speak, or claw. <laughs> um, but uh, in general, we're here to celebrate the show. So if you're here to to hear another person. Um, hating on the show there's other places i'm sure you could go but not here 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 mm-hmm. that's it that's all i got to it you, you yeah succinctly i'm not here to rag on it trust me if i was gonna rag on something you would know I don't, <laughs> I don't really keep my feelings uh that close to the vest when it comes to all things that i love um for sure, but this is not one of those places. Um, just watch the shows. It's cartoons. You're paying for Netflix anyway. Yeah, and I guess that's another that'll give us another opportunity to remind people that there will be spoilers in this episode. So I suggest for your own enjoyment that you watch the series first and then use this as it is the title says. It's a companion um, that is meant to you know, supplement your enjoyment of this terrific series. Yes. Indeed. And if you're wondering out there, who, what gives us two mere mortals the uh, bona fides to be to be uh, commenting and uh, breaking this series down besides being two fans? Um, John, you and I have a another venture outside mm. of this one that um 
uh, then I, we have our own. Well, I just come out and say it. No need to be. Uh, no need to be modest. Uh, we have a hit pop culture podcast called Pop Saga, and uh, you know I'm sure I don't need to tell you out there because you've surely heard of it. Uh, it's hard to lie. Uh, don't uh, verify that. Nope. Uh, just trust us. Uh, much like my Guinness Book of World Records ripped baby body it burned <laughs> in the Universal Fire as well. But trust us on this. It is indeed a hit. It is indeed called Pop Saga. And we do talk about He-Man and Masters of the Universe a lot more than normal. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, we... I mean, I, I think it's normal, but you know, like as far as a, uh, a subject matter, it comes up. It comes up often. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. And you know, if you're wondering if you would, if you want us to elaborate on our thoughts about the original He-Man movie or maybe some of the toys, uh, then you can check out our uh, podcast because we have episodes on both those things. So. If you want to know, if you're hearing our lack of professionalism and polish, and you're thinking, <laughs> I could go for hours and hours more of this, um, yes, go ahead and check out Pop Saga. What do you think, John? Am I good at selling stuff? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> really it's... making it sound appealing. Yeah, I, it makes me not want to listen. I mean, it makes me want to listen, so let's do it. <laughs> Well, now that we've got all of that business out of the way, John, do you want to read this synopsis for Season 1, Episode 1 of Masters of the Universe, Revelation? Alright, Episode 1 is called The Power of Grayskull. Eternia celebrates Tila as its new man-at-arms, but the knighting ceremony is cut short when Skeletor leads a full-scale attack on Grayskull. Dun dun dun! Sounds spooky. Not really. I don't know why. Not it's really. Spooky. That's not spooky at all. It I mean, it like... has a skeleton in it. Well, no, it's got a skeletor in it. Right, skeletor. skeleton face. Yeah. I'm a longtime yeah. He-Man fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, so oh, anyway, no. skeleton face. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, cut it out now. Let's just shut it down, take it home, pack it up. Okay, hold on. Let me just... Uh... To all my people. <laughs> Perfect. Well timed. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. We're going to go ahead and recap the episode now. So, now is your last chance to get off this He-Man and Masters of the Universe train before we go... Full steam into spoiler territory. All right. All right welcome that's back. It. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I hope you liked it. Now we're going to talk about it. So, right off the bat, uh, I just want to say that I, I am, I like this intro, but I am very interested to talk to you about it because I think it was a very interesting choice to use the toy box art and sort of puppet tool it. Uh, and then you know uh, have the have the actor who plays Man at Arms sort of intro the the basis of the series over the the top of these little vignettes. What did you think about that method? As a uh, fan of like the classic packaging art, I have a you know couple pieces 
with it here in my office and everything else. This this was great for me. For me, the, 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 this is some of the reasons why I'm really excited about like not just He-Man, but like barbarians and like you know fantasy and Frazetta and all that. Like having like this painterly art mm-hmm. is so so dope. So from the from that regards, I love this intro, but I can see it being kind of like. Eh? You know, like, because there's certain instances where you're seeing, like, multiple versions of He-Man on, like, one image, and you're like, who should I be looking at? Him him back there, or him up front, or, you know, uh, him on the side? Uh, the the best one is the Skeletor with Evil Lynn, though. I, I love that one. That is, really has, like, a 1970s feel to it <laughs> yes you could see it you could definitely see that same thing sort of painted on the side of a van yeah like i i want like a a velvet print of that you know like crushed <laughs> velvet print like, right it's gotta be the grossest coolest thing ever <laughs> i mean overall i think it's a real easy way to do an intro right like when it comes down to it you just pull the packaging art and like you said like puppeteer it or move it and just make it kind of move through it. So, um, I dig it. It just doesn't, for me, it's not hit me in the chest like the original uh, intro does. Yeah. But I do love seeing the art. If So, it might be a little conflicted there, but I think you get where I'm coming from with that. Yeah, I do. Uh, I kind of, the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is because I'm sort of conflicted about it as well. I really, first off, the color palette is so rich and lush and vibrant. It immediately um, gets me in the, the the right headspace to watch something that's based on something from the 80s. And I do appreciate seeing all those paintings, like you said, from the original uh, toy packaging that were so you know because that's what you imagine in your head you gotta you have a toy that looks kind of nothing like these paintings truly but you know in your head everything is as impressive as it is on the the box art um so i like it from that perspective but i think that what is missing or what is kind of confusing is that they use representations of characters that don't really look like the ones in the show, and especially as far as Skeletor is concerned, that original Skeletor toy, which I love. And, you know, I, of course I had one, um, but Skeletor never looked like that in any other representation. It has like a kind of a jack-o'-lantern type look because the details are so simplified and so when we see stuff like that, it you know it is very far removed from from what we get on the show. And if if for some reason you're tuning in and you don't know the toys, I could see that being kind of like hitting in a weird way. I, I did appreciate it, and I it did fill me with nostalgia. And I love seeing all the, like the weird secondary characters that, that don't usually get focused on get like a you know front seat in the the intro. But I think it was an interesting choice. It did kind of remind me of something that I would do as an art director on a show, though. <laughs> and so it, I think that actually seeing it as an audience member and then see and having those feelings about it, definitely, I think in the future, I will think twice about like 
referencing the reference so obliquely. I can see that. There is something to be said for the fact that they are playing to us versus... Yeah. You know, like, obviously you didn't need to know what happened in the last episode of the original series. Right. It it wasn't ever going to help you with this. You were going to be like, hmm, oh man, they're (laughs) tying right into it. Remember when she was going to get knighted as man-at-arms? And we never got that episode. No, you're you're not getting any of that. So in this instance, it kind of makes sense that you'd be forgiven just to kind of get like hit with the um, nostalgia ray of you know heartwarming feelings. But yeah, you know, wouldn't it be incredible if they did previously on <laughs> on Masters oh of God. the Universe and they had clips from the original cartoon? That would have been incredible. Oh, that would that would have been too good. I'd have been like. All right, this is what I'm talking about. But that's not what this show is. And I think there there's something to be said for like how they are trying to start it in a way to get you prepared for whatever you are going to see. And I think this this was their take, right? Like tug on your heartstrings, tug on those memories, but not uh settle with any one particular you know, like method. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like opening up in a weird way, like their masses in a universe, like metaverse type of thing. Yeah. Having these different looks and the different stuff. Because to tell you the truth, I would love to see a Skeletor that looks like the toy Skeletor. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I would, uh, that would be great. Uh, you, you, I mean, it would look silly, but man, there is something sort of, uh, interesting and, and haunting about that uh, Skeletor toy because it is so simple. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just got those like soulless eyes that just, st- you know, kind of <laughs> stare at you, and, Yep. you know, like you're kind of like, man, it's a yellow skull, which is already kind of creepy, but then it's got that green tinge ringing mm-hmm. in and you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> Skeletor's weird. Yeah, but he also was like a real buff baby when he was born. So you know, like <laughs> you guys have that in common. Yeah, that's uh, that's kindred spirits, you know. Yeah, uh, that's I, why I, our show is called Dear Skeletor. Yeah, it's not called like Hey He Man. <laughs> hey Hey He Man, we're over here. Which you, you know, with watching the series, it's probably better we called it Dear Skeletor after all. Um, <laughs> Not to jump ahead, but yeah, we already gave the spoiler thing, so that's know, true. That's true. That's true. Not gonna, not gonna dwell on it like I normally would, mm-hmm. or bring it up like fifteen times like I also normally would for like a movie that's like thirty-five years old. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I got problems. I don't know how spoilers work. Um, nope, that's fine. You know, we're we're uh, we're old men. We are not expected to to be well versed in all the. The new lingo. We're using it wrong. Yeah. We're but- gonna say yeet at some point in this episode, and it'll probably be used wrong, but we're using it how we like it, okay? <laughs> we are gonna bring up yeeting. Mm. Yep. Yeah. At least once. At least once. Should we have, like, an official yeet count? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yes, perfect. we absolutely should. Every episode... Has a yeet count regardless of whether it uh, features uh, the the him or not. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I I will say going back to the intro, I do like uh, Bear McCready's 
soundtrack. So oh I yeah, do like I do like the music. It's so good. It's got this real like drumming. Yeah, I I do like that. And it's got some guitar in there. Oh my god! So it is. Uh, it really gets me pumped. Um, the colors, the theme song, the images of the toys I loved as a child. Um, yeah, I'm already into it. And then we go directly, and they they take you from one nostalgia trip right into another one because we are right in the Eternian wastes, looking down at Castle Grayskull. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to show something, show us Castle Grayskull. Don't show me some forest. Don't show me, like, some hut getting blown up. Get me right in there. And this was a uh, yeah, great way to do it. I don't know why He-Man would wear a poncho. Um, so he could throw it off. I would. If I looked like He-Man, I would wear a poncho all the time. And it, as soon as I someone came around, I would just be like, Whoa! <laughs> I just there. throw it off. <laughs> like, look how ripped I am. I mean, I just feel like at that point, He Man should just wear a cape. Yeah, you know, like a cape, like a poncho, just seems like you know he was at some sort of, you know, like Pier Thirty Nine or something, and then got <laughs> caught in the rain, and he rushed in. He's like, I don't want to mess up my hair. I'm gonna <laughs> buy a poncho. Let me buy this sure. one that says inmate of Alcatraz. And then he puts it on, <laughs> you know, when he man strikes me as a, you know, character doesn't really care about the weather. Um, cause yeah. I, I'm pretty sure like the rain bounces back and hurts the clouds because of how powerful he is. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, stop that jerk. Yeah. And then we see Stridor, which is great. That was a great thing. Just to get like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe it's not like a battle cat always type of thing. You know, I always love the the robot horses because I was like, oh yeah, look so cool. So they see this, and then you know they get like, but clawful and spike or and ropes. Mm-hmm. Where I wouldn't do that, maybe chains for them because they both yeah. sharp implements. <laughs> I mean, right? One has spikes all over his body, the other ha- is like their whole thing is a little claw, and you yeah. got them on like you got a like uh, a jump rope tied around him. Yeah, like you know, it's like it's like some hemp string. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. all these should have been hints. I mean, I didn't see this coming, but certainly the 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 absence of Battle Cat. And the the very haphazard, loose way that um, Spikor and Clawful are are restrained should have been the hints to what comes later. But we, I, I at this point, I don't know about you, but I did not sense anything that was wrong. Oh no, I was like, mm. <laughs> You're like, okay, cool. No, no, no <laughs> I was very much like, hmm. Mm. This doesn't smell right. This doesn't no, pass the really? John smell test. Yeah. So you were already suspicious right off the bat. It was the, the be honest, it's the poncho. Yeah. It, okay. I, like, I mean, I get it, but he man's, believe it or not, I, he never strikes me as a very showy individual. That's you true. Know, like, yeah. What is this whole sequence for? <laughs> Who is yeah, this for? Yeah. Like, you know, it, he, he's got a very like unbreakable Bruce Willis vibe with it. You know, sure, yeah, like, yeah, he's he's security man, he's gonna go, uh, yeah, like he wouldn't do that, but I, I was going, "Mm, 
we'll see. And then it it was paid off real quick, you know. Uh, yeah, um, because once we this is sort of the the scenes of He Man bringing these um these these two jobbers these two jobbers of uh of Snake Mountain into Castle Grayskull is intercut with the ceremony in um uh Eternos Palace to um night i guess night i don't know what you call it but to declare tila finally gets to adopt the uh the title of man at arms <laughs> and she still doesn't know uh her her lineage so this means a lot to good old duncan but um she is not the the, the entire theme of this episode is uh don't tell tila <laughs> <laughs> don't tell tila (laughs) forever don't ever tell her all these important things yeah let me ask you this sure when you heard that tila was being knighted man in arms how Mm -hmm. how where did your brain go when you realized there was going to be a bunch of people angry about that Well, I try not to think about it, to be honest, because I don't know why you would be angry about that. I'll tell you where my brain went when I, because I didn't know, I tried to keep sort of in the dark about this as much as possible before um, uh, watching it. And um, uh, so I didn't know this was going to happen. When I heard it was happening, I was like filled with all this like uh these questions, but they were all about the lore. I I was curious like I was like, "Oh, I didn't really I guess I never considered that Man of Ar- Man at Arms wasn't just his He-Man name, you know, his Masters of the Universe tag. It's an actual position within the palace and i should have thought of that before like i that uh, you know it's sort of like oh why didn't i think that was a thing but then that makes it so much cooler the fact that that man of our man at arms is like a position and that many people have held it it makes it a lot more interesting to me than um than it just being this guy's name because he has lots of guns (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or different weapons uh and that's his like shtick um so i think that, that was really cool um i of course love uh sarah michelle geller i think she's uh you know i'm a huge i was a huge fan of her in buffy and i think she's a really good actor and so i thought she was really giving an interesting performance so that's kind of what i tried to focus on i the fact that it bothers people does it make sense to me? I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. It doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense to be angry about that to me. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I'm. I mean, I'm with you. I was like, cool, and that was about the extent of it. But my brain automatically goes to the uh, the outrage everyone feels over anything when something isn't quite how they remember it or how. It feels it should be so. My so when I saw this originally, I was going, "Oh man, this is <laughs> no. this is cool." But I know there's just going to you know, like this is going to be a news cycle somewhere. This is going to be something that someone complains about, um, for no reason. Like 
I, I love it. You know, I knew that, you know, having a man at arms felt like a title because it just feels like a title. I mean, his name is Duncan. So right. I was figured, you know, like, unless it was Duncan man at arms, you know? Well, I mean? I mean, I think, I feel like Mechanek must also have a normal name. No, it's Mechanek. Cause no, it, it, it's, I thought it was like Steve, Steve, Steve. <laughs> Mechanic, you know, Lister over there. You know, his his name is like Steve Orr or whatever. It's not like it is slightly attorneyized, but I didn't think like like was he born with that mechanic? I mean, I would hope not. <laughs> he wasn't born buff baby like I was, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> his, his baby with like a mechanical neck, like. Ooh. <laughs> Oh man! I just John, think he, you know that is there a possibility we could Photoshop a picture of Baby John? Uh, so I'm so old. There's rarely a photo of me as Baby John. Okay. Um, uh, maybe I'll Young John. To, I'll try to track one down. Uh, there should there. I mean, there are pictures of me when they invented the technology. Get it? You, you know, were born pre. Uh, you were born pre-camera technology, so yeah. Like the flash powder really bugged me when they that that stuff showed up. <laughs> yeah, you, you were good. so buff that yeah. you would just destroy the camera equipment. You know, like <laughs> yeah, rip right through it. Um, I have the power. <laughs> oh no, my wooden camera! You know what did that baby say? <laughs> I gotta write that down. Like, I have the power. Buff baby. Baby. Now that's going to be going through my head for probably two Here it comes, it's a buff baby. Why is Skeletor singing this theme song whenever he needs to get paid? Buff baby. Buff baby. Oh, that's my favorite part of it. When it goes though. Anyway, um <laughs> Buff Baby was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> well, it was a good run for sure. Yep. Some things are just for us. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're like the king of the inside joke. Um mm-hmm. but so I had no problems with Tila being knighted man at arms. I thought it was cool. Um, I I loved her outfit with the cape. See, that's that's how you wear a cape. That's right, like motorboard. You know, the gold, the white, everything is there. Um, also, I really just thought it was touching the watch. You know, man at arm and Tila kind of bonding, and then you know Orko showing up and ruining it. Yeah, um, classic like, Orko. I have to well, say. Props to Griffin Newman. Uh, people out there might remember him best as Arthur from the uh, the most recent live action incarnation of the Tick. But um, when I heard he was being cast as Orko, you know, I thought, great. I listened to him on podcasts like uh, his podcast, Blank Check, and uh, uh, Podcasts A Ride, where he is a frequent guest. Um, and I always find him very engaging uh, to listen to. And um, so I was excited about it. 
But I kind of figured that he would sound like Griffin Newman. I don't know if I've ever heard him do a voice before. But when Orko showed up, I was like, oh, shit, that's Orko. <laughs> it just felt like listening to Orko. Um, you know, obviously, it's a different person doing Orko. But uh, I thought he did just an amazing job with the, the voice acting on this role. Yeah, no complaints there. And, you know, I enjoyed hearing Daedric Vader as King Randor. Um, oh yeah yeah that was that was fun uh he's like actually i think he might be like my second favorite batman voice i think he is the second best batman voice and i i challenge anyone out there to dispute that fact you know animated wise of course kevin conroy is yeah the ultimate he is batman but he is vengeance you know all that shit yeah but dietrich bader does a, a really really good job Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. You know, with his I'm, I'm, right, with, I'm right there with you. Perfect. All right. We're in agreement. Huzzah! <laughs> we have a quorum. Is that what that is? Sure. Goodbye. It's me, Skeletor. <laughs> Remember the show's named after me. I like the fact that we called it Dear Skeletor just so we could both do our Skeletor impersonation. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just to kind of prime people for the fact that I'm going to be doing that voice a lot. So if you are it. annoyed with it now, then see you later, alligator. Yeah, and I'll do, a, I'll do Man at Arms, but it's just going to be Sean Connery. <laughs> I love it. This is great. You know, like, your, your battle tactics, I am proud of you becoming man at arms. <laughs> yeah. It's touching and, and it, it really feels like an original uh, episode of the series. Like Orko shows up and he is making bad jokes and he is doing magic uh, that is very impressive, but ultimately has like a little bit of a mistake in there. Like Orko is want to do. Yeah. And cringers afraid of the fireworks. Oh, can we talk about Steven Root for a second? Like, first off, the cast for this entire thing is bonkers. The The amount of insane talent they have in this is out of this world. But the fact they got Steven Root to be Cringer is... What great casting. Yeah, he was realistically scared. So, Attorney uh, is it. under attack. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But yeah, a a lovely scene to get ruined by going back to Castle Grayskull. Indeed, um, where we discover that uh, these aren't two jobbers. Oh no, uh, Spycor is in fact a uh, Skeletor in disguise uh, with his shaping staff. He was able to to take on the visage of Spycor, but it's really Skeletor. I mean, or the Joker. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's Mark Hamill. He, I mean, I really like his Skeletor voice. I really like the choices that he does with the laugh, especially later during their uh, him and He-Man's fight. Um, the sort of, like, start, it sounds like a smoker's laugh, then he goes, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like it. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I, I actually grabbed his laugh. Hold on. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, yeah that's the Joker's that laugh. Okay, I, I got it, what you no, did. No, I ripped it straight from the episode. No, you Our did Griscoll. not. Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, I do like the sorcerers just blasting Skeletor before he can even get his full name out. Yeah, it's very Skeletor, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is. And the when he gets he just slides along the ground, he goes, Oh <laughs> that, that was very like okay, I feel like I'm in a cartoon from the nineteen eighties right now. Like Skeletor is trying his stuff, but he's not doing so great. Yep. Or yeah. is he? Well, I mean we know. Yeah, we know. He is. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> but uh yeah we don't get too much time to to spend with uh to spend with that yeah we jump back to uh the royal palace where uh cringer is pretty much someone i would not invite to anything no i was gonna say his life would is gotta suck because he lives in uh he lives in the palace and then he's scared by the trumpets and they must use those trumpets all the time. Yeah, like all the time. Like you have to figure it's like a trumpet brigade. Like Yeah, when Randor comes back from like just using the, the bathroom, I'm sure they're just like burr, 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 here comes the king. Okay, <laughs> okay. Alright, alright. No one Thanks, no, guys. I, just, I dropped a duke. Uh Yeah. Like he's he's terrified of it. So the reveal of Prince Adam showing up. Uh, initially I was like, wow, He-Man got there first. (laughs) He just dropped them off there, and the sorcerers took care of Skeletor, and then he's back just in time for the party. But I do like the, uh, does anyone have the power to save Cringer? And uh, Prince Adam shows up with holding a pin he got from somewhere, and he pops the bubble, and he holds the pin sort of, kind of in his hand a little bit uh, aloft, a little bit aloft, and says... I have the power. <laughs> yeah. There's, that there's was a, a fun lot, line. There's a lot of that. You know, like, when Krinder was shaken underneath the table originally, Man-at-Arms man is like, you know, not of one who has seen battle, cat. Alright. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I see what we you're doing get there. It. Yeah, we get it. We know who he is. You told us. <laughs> Even in the intro, there are the four... Which I have to admit, I do like them including Cringer in that list of knowing who the hell He-Man was. So that that was a yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's Cringer is technically a master of the universe, like it or not. Yeah, but you know, the old one was just like the Sorcerers, Man at Arms, and Orko. And you're like, hey, what about his fucking cat that can talk? His like, cat is sentient. You have to include him. He should be in the list. And seeing him included there is great. Um, yeah, very. Uh, I don't. Is is this a pun? I'm not a punster, so. I mean, there, uh, kind of. I mean, it's only a pun. I think if you know that he's actually He Man. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but they cut from this scene because once you realize Prince Adam is here, you think who is at the castle, Grayskull, with the sorceress, and they cut back, and He-Man grabs the sorceress, and you're like, oh no! What is this evil He-Man? And who is he? And what is he doing to the sorceress? Uh, giving her one of those weird 
you know, hugs when you surprise somebody. And like, hey, yeah. I didn't know. Well, you were it's there. the classic. That's what He Man used to do to everybody before he could actually fight with his sword. You know, back in the cartoon, yeah, he, he would just a lot of people. Yep, he would just come up from behind someone, hug them, and then yeet them off the screen. Yeet. <laughs> yep. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And then they kind of they cross cut from that back to Eternos Eternios Palace. Uh, I'm not calling it that. I'm just going to call it the Royal Palace. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I I didn't know what to call it, so I I looked up the the playset uh, that came out uh, <laughs> on it, and that's the name that they had. So that's what I'm using. All right. All right. Well, uh, we'll agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But we cut back to the palace, and uh, Adam is sort of like doing the same. He's he's snuck up from behind Tila and is giving her a hug, a bear hug, um, sort of in a a echo of what this fake He Man is doing to uh, the sorceress. Yep, and you know, then we get to see them bonding as well, which uh, I enjoy uh, seeing that. You know, yeah, this is kind of the. Everyone always shitting on Prince Adam, even though you yeah. realize he's saved Eternia so many times. It was just kind of nice to have them be like, you know, all lovey-dovey and friendly. And then he has to be a major uh, tool about being like, you don't even know who he is. <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, why bring that up, man? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> You're just like kind this. of rubbing it in. Yeah, this is just a good, you know, this is supposed to be a good day, party, everyone's getting their, you know, attorney and white claw on, you know, everyone's having a good time. And yeah, well, especially because it's used to, like, she's like, I know everything about Castle Grayskull, and he's like, well, not everything, I bet you know, I know this one thing, and you don't know it, so it's like, don't remind her of that shit, it's just like, uh, let her enjoy the moment. But I do agree that Chris, what is his name, Chris Wood? Uh, yes, Chris Wood, who plays He-Man and Prince Adam, uh, and Sarah Michelle Gellar have, uh, really delightful chemistry. They, they really seem like people who are really good, really close friends, and that they have been for a really long time. Agreed. And I, and I like this take on Prince Adam. There's definitely a size difference. From the sure. original series, you know, where he's more lanky and more just like much to do about nothing type of attitude, you know, versus the original series where it's just like, you can't tell he's, he's He-Man. Like, I yeah, he just is body. He-Man with different clothes. Like, I mean, even their hair is the same. Like, I mean, he's got a sword that looks like He-Man's and it's on his back. <laughs> <laughs> none of this, none of this means anything to you. Nope. Don't know who he is. Uh, but. I, I like Chris Wood's uh, take on Adam here. Yeah, I mean, I think he just does a great job with both, and he can definitely modulate his voice both ways, right? He definitely sounds smaller. He sounds less. His voice is less baritone when he is uh, Adam, and then he drops it a couple octaves for when he transforms into He Man. Spoiler alert! Yeah, I mean, it's what I'm doing now. I always talk in a lower octave than I actually. Right. Yeah, so uh, this is the 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 bigger, more muscly version of me. That doesn't work. Just sounds like Buffalo Bill. It uh, does. <laughs> <laughs> so is he man a great big muscly person? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
know why I was so amused by that, but I was. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, but you know, we're we're intercutting back and forth between these two scenes a lot, and we go back to to Grayskull and and Skeletor is uh, gloating over his victory. Um, and uh, the sorceress thinks she has an upper hand. Um, but they're guess what? Clawful isn't Clawful at all. It's Evil Lynn. Welcome, Evil Lynn, to the party. <sighs> yes, Played and the fan. Yes, Lina go ahead. Heedley? Lena Heedley. Lena. Yeah, I think it's Lena. I don't sure. you know. I I don't know if I've ever heard it said out loud, but I think it's Lena. Lena? Lena. Lana. Nah. Yep. Also from Game of Thrones. Yeah, a lot of that. And the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Well, let's not hold that against her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like that show. Okay. Well, I agree to disagree. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, Evil Lynn is Clawful. Stridor turns into Night Stalker. Um, and then He-Man was Faker, which was great, because I love the Faker toy. I probably liked him more than I liked my regular He-Man figure. Uh, you know, just kind of having that blue-hued orange sure. hair with the little robot box behind the little chest plate for Faker, <laughs> you know, a little sticker, and I was like, oh my god, he's an evil robot! Even though it's the same thing. And, uh... I thought this was a really cool take on him, you know, when she uh, sorceress burns away his skin, and we kind of get like this blue-hued metal. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling of it. I, I, I approved. I was like, well, here's oh, what I wanted to ask you, uh, though, because I, I thought when the skin burned away that it was going to be robot He-Man. Oh, you just thought it was just going to look like He-Man. But you know, just, do you remember Robot He-Man? It, yeah, like, that's just, oh, you're talking the other Robot He-Man. Yeah, the one with just the face is a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, you, you no, know, no. I was just missing the hair. I think I wanted that orange hair. Well, that's no, that's so that's Faker. Yep. <laughs> so there's so there's two. So there's two Robot He-Mans. There's the one that was in the show, and then there was mm-hmm. the one that was just done for the toys. So this faker is more the toy faker versus the one, the robot He-Man that was done for the show, which just had big old robotic looking <laughs> yep. face with an big eyes. Old go- googly eyes. Big old googly eyes. Yep. Now, I'll take faker 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have faker, obviously, but it was like, oh, he's got kind of like, uh, he's got very prominent eyes. He's got a metal face. I thought, hmm. Is it Faker or is it uh, Robot He-Man? It's it's uh, a moot point, obviously, because Skeletor says to us to make sure that uh, he's not uh, he's not He-Man. He's more of a Faker, and I, <laughs> I like the sort of uh, the sort of surprise that uh, Mark Hamill does with this. Um, this is a reveal. It's like the line was on the other page. <laughs> right, he turned the page. He's, uh, but, uh, it turns out that not only, not only has Skeletor brought a few people with him, no, no, the entire army of Snake Mountain is here, and, uh, to, to attack 
uh, Castle Grayskull. And um, Skeletor goads the sorceress into calling her champion because she is uh, she's being attacked on multiple fronts. Yeah, she only has so much power. But it is impressive. The power that she does have is impressive because we see her summon those sentry uh, crystals. They s- send beams of light out into the field and just uh, cut a land shark straight in half. Yeah, pretty dope. I wish I had that level of power uh, just to do regular things. Uh, it's, it was cool to kind of see her do this in real practical reasons, like defending Castle Grayskull. Yeah, and we also find out via exposition from uh, from our dear Skeletor that um, he is finally not here to take over Castle Grayskull. He has discovered the secret that the true power much like the center of a Tootsie Pop, is inside and under Grayskull, and not actually the castle itself. See, all that feeling, he failed upwards this time. Yep, because <laughs> all his failures were uh, leading up to this moment. Um, that he, he, he actually he figured out the actual secret, which I thought was really interesting. Um I don't know, I don't remember the cartoon from the 80s clear enough to know if this was ever hinted at, but uh, having the like all of the magic and Eternia flow from this source that is inside or under Castle Grayskull I thought was really cool. This neat, makes sense, and it gives you a reason for what the secrets of mad, you know, Castle Grayskull are. Right. A lot of times it was just like, I know if I get Castle Grayskull, I'm a, you know, the master of the universe. I rule everything. Uh, But what is it? Well, it's a thing. Yeah. Listen, don't ask me. What do you, what do you want from me? I just, I'll get it. I'll sit in the throne and then something will happen. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Just, it's like, you know, uh, a diner's card. You get it and you can use it. Right. (laughs) Diner's card. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone remember that reference? No? No. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm out of here. Um, but, uh, yeah, he is, uh, he, this whole point, the whole point of this is that he needs he- He-Man to show up, and so he's going to make a big show of things um, to get his attention. Mm-hmm. And back at uh, the palace, right in the middle of Tila's coronation, uh, Prince Adam is struck with a monster headache, and he should just get some head on, I think. <laughs> Apply directly to the forehead. Exactly. Yeah. Anyone remember that reference? No. Now on! on. <laughs> Jeez, I'm burning through my material! I have five minutes up here! You wanna, you wanna, do you wanna burn through the tab reference? Um... <laughs> Anyone remember Tab? What? Oh, you do, and you're throwing it at my head. Great. I'll be here all week. Try the meal. <laughs> Tip your server. Yeah. Um, Get a bag of bugles. Remember those? <laughs> you put them on your fingertips and make them claws. <laughs> no one? All right, I'll be in the back. Let me just... You'll get keep working on it, Skeletor. You'll get there. Um, but uh, yeah, he she gets her shit interrupted right in the middle, and I wondered like they have you know uh, of course Prince Adam has to tell Man at Arms, hey, uh, 
you know, the sorceress is in trouble, and Man at Arms has to then mobilize the uh, the Eternian Royal Guard. Um, but uh, I was wondering, like, what's the what is the protocol here? Because Tila is right about to be clay like uh crowned man at arms or you know coronated into being man at arms is she like come on man <laughs> well, like, I mean, this is my that you stole my line yeah kind of right but i mean the thing is first adam's the one telling man at arms and then you know he has to do it yeah he couldn't tell tila obviously right well, well yeah obviously i guess he couldn't tell tila you know, like, he does say, lead your forces, man-at-arms, so he tells her to go, you know, this is this is your battle, I'll show up, of course, but, you know, like, these are your troops. So, so what I didn't get was, like, was, was like, Duncan, man-at-arms, retiring? Were they he going must to be, have been. Was it going to be, like, men-at-arms? You know, like, when you have two of them? Like, men-at-work? Yeah. You know, like, just trying to figure this stuff out, so... um. He must have been retiring. Like, do you think if the coronation had gone as planned, one of the reasons why Prince Adam says you don't know who he is yet, uh, it was that the plan was to let Tila in on the secret once she was man at arms. Yeah, probably. Like, probably I mean, right. I mean, to be fair, if she knew, it's not, if she knew beforehand, though, it's not like it would really matter. It would have been smart to tell her. Yeah, it just feels like it's... Especially considering what happens in this episode. Yeah, well, I mean, hindsight and all that stuff, it would have been great to tell her right off the rip. But, you know, I mean, barring that, maybe the first few missions, then you tell her. But, like, this has been years of this, like tomfoolery going on and you know i i can i can see there being a certain anger to not being in the know i mean not to jump to the end but how she feels at the end of this episode seems perfectly justifiable to me but um we'll get there eventually uh so Adam is, uh, you know, everyone is evacuating because obviously there's an emergency and Adam helps people evacuate because, you know, he can't be seen to to uh, being doing anything too heroic, lest someone figure out his secret. But it's clear somebody who does know his secret that was, you know, that was never made clear in the original cartoon. But it's clear that the queen um, has known that he has been He-Man all along. I mean, she's observant. <laughs> she's paying attention. Yeah, it's just like, wait a minute! I saw Adam run through that doorway, and then He Man ran the opposite way out of that doorway, like a minute later. After I hear Adam screaming, I have the power. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe something you know. isn't adding up here. Yeah, he tries very hard not to be heroic, while He-Man maybe tries too hard to be heroic. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but we get a couple great scenes. First of Orko, you know, he, uh, he, or, uh, Prince Adam, still in his Prince Adam form, tells Orko to go help the sorceress with his magic, and he's like, oh, good, I'll encase her in a bubble, and it's like, no, don't do no more bubbles. <laughs> 
I laughed out loud at that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get that transformation sequence, which I just it gave me chills. I loved it. Yeah, goosebumps whenever I hear it. And uh, Chris Wood does a really great job with the 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 line that we've all been waiting for him to say. Uh, he puts so much gravitas and and power, for lack of a better word, into. Uh, his uh, transformation words. Yeah, I was waiting to knock this one. Yeah, you know, like, ugh. But it's pretty good. Yeah, he does a good job, right? He goes, I have the power! And it, it feels like, it feels respectful of the old version while kind of uh, putting his own spin on it. And I, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's definitely in the uh, top three. Because there's only four. Sure. <laughs> so sure we won't we'll save that for the end of the the series to see if uh if it what where it places in the top three yeah i think people who know me know where it places <laughs> i think you know where it places yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, it's, it's nice yeah, it's, it's nice to see it it's nice to see battle cat um looking super jacked uh, Everyone's looking like twice as jacked as they were uh, in the old series. Yeah, they're, they're they're definitely juicing, but you know, to save Eternia from a muscle bound Skella baby, um, I mean Skeletor, <laughs> you know, like gotta do something. You got sometimes you got you know, little performance enhancers, and they did it. And uh, so th- we get a great pose, like you said. You know, he's on top of Battle Cat, and he's he's doing the classic toe pose from the back of the toy. And I thought that was really, uh, really awesome. And then uh, they kind of like just uh, go hop from roof t- rooftop to rooftop, um, speeding towards the conflict at Castle Grayskull. And uh, that's where we go next. And then it's just like this is one of my favorite scenes because it's just like. All your toys are back. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see so many cool, uh, so much cool stuff. We get to see uh, Triclops on not a Sky Cycle, but a War Cycle. I think that's the differentiation between the good guys and the bad guys, right? Well, well, uh, the original one was called a Sky Sled. Sky Sled, right? Sorry, the Sky yeah. Sled, and then the War Sled. Yeah, yeah. I never knew what the. Uh, uh, Skeletor's forces, which one it was called, just because it always weirded me out that they both seem to buy stuff from the same arms dealer. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of, yeah, they definitely have a lot of, uh, sort of mirrored, uh, you know, uh, pieces of tech. But from my research, I, I what I could find, the bad guys are they're called war sleds, and the good guys are called sky sleds. Perfect, I like it. You know, if I'm wrong, uh, don't yeah. try to contact me about yeah, it. Yeah, just care. avoid us. Yep. Yeah, if I remember correctly, on the uh, the front of the uh, sky sleds are more like gargoyles, like looking or like eagle type. Yeah, front, and then it's snakes or something like that for the right uh, evil forces. But yeah, I think so. It's I don't know. It's like buying a. 
Dodge Neon and then a or Dodge Metro and then a Geo Metro. It's the same thing. Yeah, right. They just have different, slightly different cladding and uh, bodywork, but it's yeah. a, a, it's more or less the same thing. Yeah, this, you change the stickers and we don't it. get a lot of time to spend with Triclops because he gets shot down pretty much right off the jump. So hard to believe he couldn't see that coming. Yeah, he's got so many extra eyes and he does not see it coming. Uh, yeah, and we get like we now we have like so many cameos in this battle. Um, we get Trapjaw, we get uh, um, the Skelcons, the that super obscure corner of the uh, of the Masters of the Universe world. Um, the the Royal Guards, uh, hover robots. <laughs> the hover robots, the Skeletor's hover robots, they get uh they get a little moment to shine. Um of course the Roton. Everyone remembers, I think, the Roton, the that crazy uh toy. Yeah, I don't know what it's supposed to be. No, I know it's supposed to strike fear into the hearts of even the bravest Eternian, but I'm not really sure why. I mean it I think it would. But not in the way they'd want it to strike fear. Like, like <laughs> if I saw it on the street, I'd be like, a Roton! I'd be like, that doesn't look safe. Like, <laughs> does it get good mileage? <laughs> <laughs> can we, can I get it at anything other than the angry eyes? No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we get, like, the uh, pensive eyes? Or, <laughs> eyes? or can we give it eyebrows? I don't know. <laughs> what is this like what is it supposed to be why do you have it why is it round there's so many questions why and we've already like mentioned it? of course land shark yeah land shark all those things. and bashasaurus makes <laughs> has a, a, a real uh has a real moment to play and uh we can't, uh, you know, we can't get by this moment without mentioning um, two of the original Masters of the Universe. We get Fisto and Clamp Champ get a, a little, they each get a, a scene where they do their thing. Yeah, Fisto, Fista stuff. And yep. Clamp, Clamp Champ, Clamps. Clamps things. <laughs> yep. They're so, like, and, and they are, they are uh, Tila's right and left hand guys. I mean, you know, just given their names, that makes sense. Yeah, it right? does. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> they like, both have hand-related powers. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's not like you're going to be like, yeah, you know, here's Mechanic show up, and he watches my neck. And, uh, <laughs> nah, you Thank God. The, Thank you God there was no Mechanic in this, <laughs> in all of this episode. Yeah, your uh, fucking die-twinning-looking helmet. <laughs> and that gross neck. Ugh, gross I hate neck. it. Where does it come oh. from? Yeah, no one knows. It's, is it like one of those telescoping lightsaber toys? <laughs> just all hollow. Just got like I hate a it. No, stop it. I hate it. With like an extension cord or something like, or it's no, coiled in the, it in the neck. Yeah, he's. And he comes with a big old mace, if I remember the toy correctly. He's just like. Yeah, why? I think he does, yeah. I'd give him a gun. You know, yeah, you can see far away. That's kind of his bag, you know. Well, I think the thing about Mecha Neck is that every time he extends that gross neck, mm. everyone just runs away. <laughs> he doesn't need a weapon. Oh, picture the sound. Yeah, that would be yeah. a. 
<laughs> and then no. it goes back in. He's like, oh, it pinched me. It's like, where? Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <sighs> yes. I'm so glad. I can't explain to you how glad I am that, that Mechanic does not make an appearance. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it for this entire <laughs> series well, so far. I was, well, I was going to spoil it for you. Part two? Oh, Mechanic. No. Yeah. <laughs> the story of Mechanic. Yeah, like he's be- his he's using his neck as a bridge. Oh. As a ladder. Uh there's going to be one where kids are swinging from it. No. Oh, they really yeah. go into like micro detail about how it works. No, yeah, thank you. Yeah. There's there's literally a whole episode is like called just My Neck. And <laughs> that's it. And it's just nothing but about it and the fucking X-rays, it's gonna be gross. No, I nope, nope, we're changing the subject because He Man shows up to save me from Megadeck. Yeah. But but uh he shows up to turn the tide of the battle, and we get this episode's one and only yeet. Yep. As He Man picks up uh Bashasaurus with a beast man inside and yeets it on away. Yeah, I wish it was yeeted further, but it's still a yeah. Yeet. You know, like, I wanted it to cross a chasm like they normally do. Still counts. Yeah, it's still, I mean, he throws something. Yep. Yep. For this episode, one yeet. I give this episode a a single yeet. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, and then the the attack um, continues inside of Grayskull, uh, where we get to see some cool man-at-arms business. He uses his wrist laser to cut Faker in twain. R.I.P. Faker, we barely knew ye. Yeah, maybe he is that He-Man robot you were talking about. <laughs> You're hoping now. that Faker will come back. I am the real faker. Yeah, I just don't like, you know, it's like he's so cool, just don't bifurcate him like that. That's terrible. Yeah, he's because he's not coming back from that. Yeah, I know. I I could wish, though. And so uh, Tila and Man-at-Arms save the sorceress, or they uh, and they have a little fight with Evil Lynn, and that's when Orko finally shows up. I don't know, he he left earlier than everybody, but r- arrives after everybody, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this sort of gives us a hint about how the series is going to treat Orko, um, because he actually does some rad stuff, um, saving Man-at-Arms from a blast from Evil Lynn's Scepter, and uh, channeling the magic, you know, uh, out uh, around them to save him. It does, you know, he does get knocked out, but that's sort of foreshadowing to, for later. Yep. Like a punk. <laughs> I'm a big Orko fan, so you're going yeah, to... Yeah, you're, you're not going to find... Tam. <laughs> yep, I'm an Orko. I always liked Orko, even though he was annoying. I just liked that design. Yeah, um, not me. Not me. Give me a Gwildor any day of the week. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Rams! Um, exactly. <laughs> But uh, we get to see Man-at-Arms punch a horse, so that's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime I get to see a horse get punched in a movie, it's uh, great. Um, when it's a robot horse, it's even better. Yep. Yeah, no actual horses harmed in the making of this cartoon. That we know. But, you know, a robot horse got punched in the mouth. Yep. 
But uh, what's it? He he. I think he's fighting Night Stalker, so uh, Tila can go down to the uh, all magic center of Castle Grayskull. Yep, <laughs> the gooey magical center of uh, Castle Grayskull. She descends the spiral staircase, and it's very uh, you know, in um, in contrast to the outside of Castle Grayskull, which is quite barren. It's quite uh, lush and and beautiful down here, and and lit. It's very uh, bright. Um, but, uh, Skeletor is not pleased to see Tila there because he was waiting for a champion and, uh, she is no champion to him. And so she really, he really knocks her good. Yeah. It it seems like everyone just kind of is waiting behind like bushes or a corner or something just to shoot somebody in the back this episode. A lot of Evelyn especially gets like, she... I think three times she uh, sort of appears from her invisibility or, or you know, uh, uh, doppelganger cloak thing, whatever the whatever spell she's using to look like Clawful, and then later to shield herself from view. Um, she does that trick, I think, three times within the, the space of this fight. So we find out now, He-Man gives us the exposition about the fact that all the magic in Eternia flows from this room. And I thought that was a really interesting little tidbit as well. It really ups the stakes in this moment. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, Skeletor calls this their final battle. Yeah. Nod to the movie. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's several nods to to the movie across the series, which I, I thought you would appreciate. Oh, yeah, I did. I was like, finally, somebody giving it the respect a canon film deserves. <laughs> it's just not always, you know, American Ninja movies. Um, <laughs> um, I I have to admit, I do like the fight between Skeletor and He-Man down here. Especially oh, yeah. He does that you don't role. have to admit it. It's great. Well, you know, I was, I was expecting to be kind of like, yeah, you know, they'll fight. But, um... Yeah, it'll be okay, but when Skeletor's like, I'm gonna make my fist real big, I was like, okay, all right, all right, man, I see you, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Skeletor's playing with portals in this, uh, in this, these scenes quite a bit, and to amazing effect. I really do like that scene that you mentioned just now, when Skeletor puts his fist into a small portal, and then creates a larger one that makes his fist huge, and then He-Man meets that with his regular size fist, and it's like they are of equal strength. Not really, though, because He-Man is able to then bust uh, Skeletor's fingers up. Do you think just having a real big fist is going to do something to him? The answer is no. <laughs> it is, but it looks great. Like I, mean, But it looks incredible. Yeah, that would scare the shit out of me. Um, for sure. Yeah, I think they do a really good job with the animation here. There are several times that they cut to He-Man for a reaction shot, and it's clear that this fight is different. He-Man looks a little worried, and Skeletor seems to be getting the upper hand like more than regular. Yeah, it's a, it's a very play-for-keeps type of uh, atmosphere. And, you know, that is definitely cemented when uh, Moss Man, who I guess just happens to live in Castle Grayskull or something, <laughs> Right, he. Like I guess I'm guessing. Or something. <laughs> I'm. I kind of like in my head. Canon was like, oh, 
he's the guardian of this room this is a part time i guess um and uh that's why it's so lush down here um but uh or maybe he just likes hanging out down there because it is so lush i don't know but man um great brief cameo for alan oppenheimer the original voice of skeletor uh playing boss man and the briefest of cameos because you know the no sooner does he show up and pin skeletor against the uh you know the 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 place where all this knowledge is kept this pyramidal structure at the center of the room uh that skeletor opens up his havoc staff and burns mothman to the ground in a very rugged scene i mean this was rough and it was just maybe you like you, you didn't want to let him go moss man or you know jump to the side <laughs> or like just let him burn your arm and then you grow it back um i mean this he was, screams for a long time yes <laughs> he does very, it's a very uh i was like oh god oh god <laughs> yeah i mean he, he 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 is burnt crispy he's like he is well done it's like yep. ordering a steak at outback no matter what uh, <laughs> tenderness you tell him that shit it's is coming out moss man <laughs> it's coming out moss man yeah hey, skeletor has a great little line here though smells like pine yeah. man, that kind of bugs me mm, why that seems yeah. like something skeletor would say it is but then i'm like do they have pine trees on pine <laughs> Okay, you're, yeah. This is uh, it's, this is Obi Wan talking about a duck in uh, Star Wars. It's like, Dude. yeah, or you know, like when Odo's like, "I'm gonna become a Tashadorian Falcon." All right. I mean, <laughs> right from Deep Space Nine, you're like, you just you don't does it? Why is it? Why are you putting Falcon on there? I know. I mean, I know, but that doesn't really make sense. If you just call it a Tashadorian or whatever, and then you turn into a bird, I'm like, oh, that's neat. Looks like a falcon. I yeah. get it. A Tashadorian, uh, uh, you know, hunter bird. I get it. Something, anything other than the fact that you have to call it that. So the, it's not enough to get me. Uh, you know, get my hackles up, but I'm like, mm, smells like pine. This does give Kevin Smith his Swamp Thing moment. I know Kevin Smith's a big Swamp Thing fan, and that felt like that was the scene. Was just <laughs> having him be this large monster, you know, I'll do this, and he's like, oh, no, I'm burnt. Uh, but uh, Swamp Thing-esque. It was very Swamp Thing-esque. Yeah. I really... It was really a shame because I was really hoping to see more of Mossman. I mean, we, I mean, we do, we do see, you know, spoiler yeah. alert, we do see more of Mossman uh, later in the series. But I was hoping we would yeah. see more of a live Mossman. Well, here's the thing, though, right? Like, you know, the the toy line is out, and you know, the first wave is there, and Mossman's one of them. And I'm just kind of like, you gotta put that shit in like wave four or five. Yeah. Because- <laughs> You know, like, you could have given me Triclops, you could have given me uh, the Palace Guard, you could have given me old-timey Tila, you could have given me <laughs> anyone else. Sure. Or, you know, instead of just, like, Moss Man, who just turns to, like, burn to a cinder dude. You know, like, eh, eh, eh. I mean, I'll still buy it, they know they got my money, but... I'm <laughs> still first in line, listen. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, one or more. Wanted yeah. a little more uh, boss man. 
Especially when it is Alan Oppenheimer. And, you know, he is the original voice of Skeletor. And he sounded great as Boss Man. I was waiting for him to start ripping it up. And I was like, oh, he just... It's like, did you pay him, like, for an hour's worth of work? Or, <laughs> or you didn't want to pay him for an hour's worth want of work? Pay, you know, like, look, did you cameo that line? <laughs> just... just <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, uh, you have a your point is still valid. It's it, it was a very brief cameo, and it is it does serve to sort of heighten the stakes even further because it's clear from the look of like revulsion and uh, you know um, shock on He Man's face that this is just like the fact that people are actually dying, something that never happens in the you know, in any of the times previous, since this is a true continuation of the the original series, you gotta imagine this is just like, what? This can happen? Yeah, it is very much that, like, you know, before you never had to worry about anyone going anywhere, because, you know, they're, they're gonna show up next week one way or the other. But this was like, this is a revelation. This is... There's something more at stake than just normal antics. Um, and yeah, I think they had to find someone to kill. And they were like, well, <laughs> no one really remembers Moss Man. I mean, the toy, the original toy was a flocked Beast Man figure. So uh, uh, we're going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for those reasons, it, it makes sense. And it is nice to have uh, Alan Oppenheimer in the very first episode. So I appreciate it for those reasons. We just wanted more. But uh, this, of course, sends He-Man into a rage of the homicidal variety. And uh, he charges at Skeletor and stabs him through the torso with the Sword of Power. Um... When I initially, before I saw like what was actually happening in this uh, in this um, scene, I was like, "Awesome! <laughs> this is just like what kind of what you've always hoped to see." And they definitely reference that in this moment with Skeletor sort of breaking the fourth wall and saying, "You're finally using that sword the way it was meant to be used." But he's he's speaking. It's a meta joke because. In the original cartoon, uh, He-Man had a sword, but he never used it as a sword. He could he deflected things and used it to transform, but he was hashtag Yeet King for a reason. He would just throw people around instead of actually chopping them with his gigantic sword. So this is the kind of the first time he's using it like a sword. Yeah, I mean, arguably the way that He-Man used to yeet things, it'd probably be a lot worse. Sure. Stabbing somebody with the sword. Sure. Yeah, if you're thinking of it logically, yes, he yeah. is. Uh, he is throwing people to their doom uh, and and probably a slow death. Yeah, like when it's like yeet, and then all of a sudden you just hear like a mountaintop. Yeah, someone's just popping <laughs> right. on it. When he could have just. Yeah. And a week later, they're flying past and they see a still alive trap jaw. <laughs> oh. Please, someone kill me. I don't know why I'm British, but here we are. That tracks. I like it. I approve yeah. of that trap jaw. <laughs> trap jaw in this episode, also performed by Diedrich Bader. Um, yeah, we get, uh, you know, 
Skeletor refuses healing by Evelyn and um, explains that, you know, this is all part of his plan. He's on, you've, He-Man unwittingly unlocked the, the, where the um, council uh, had, had stored all their knowledge inside this orb. Inside of an orb. That's how Skeletor says it. (laughs) It's always an orb. So Skeletor says that's where they stored all their wisdom, all the secrets of Grayskull, but uh, it's also where all the power in the universe comes from. The magical power, I should say. It was really cool to kind of see this like uh, transpire, because I was like, okay, where's the threat coming from? Obviously, it seems like Skeletor is playing chess finally, but now to kind of see his plans come truly to fruition... You're like, oh man, that sounds pretty. Uh, sounds pretty dangerous. It sounds pretty end game. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how you could tell Skeletor was improvising in order to get his gold because his initial, what he initially wanted to do is he wa- he was walking over to pick up the sort of power himself and then use that to unlock the thing when he was attacked by Battle Cat. And then once he realized that he wouldn't be able to just take the sort of power, he instead goaded He-Man into using it to stab him and then un- unwittingly lock- unlock the-, the place that was holding the-, the orb of power and knowledge or whatever. And I thought that was a really, that was a, uh, a really interesting bit of writing. I really like that. And then, you know, just with him smashing that orb, with his having staff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then this is when Skeletor goes back to playing checkers because this this is a stupid move. He doesn't know what to do, obviously. Kind of? Uh I'm gonna counter this when we talk about episode five. Okay, so you you think that this is part of the 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 entire plan? Like he knew that everything f- from this point would happen as it does. I'm gonna be like, he he was fifty fifty there, right? Like he's just like, I don't know what to do with this thing. I'm going to club it. Which, being all the magic in the universe, I'm impressed that clubbing it is the thing that breaks it. But. Yeah, a little thicker glass, guys, next time, yes. maybe. Yeah, give me the stuff that's on the back of, like, an it's icon. Not, the having <laughs> staff's not even that pointy in that part, I mean. No, it's not, it's not a, th- you know, like, a little Lexan. Something. Yeah. Like one of the, <laughs> yeah, one of the guys who, who is the, you know, one of the, the Council of Elders, I'm sure if he had dropped it while taking it to the basement, you know, down that long spiral staircase, I'm sure it would have shattered and that would have been it. The universe yeah. would have ended. Yeah, you just like, oh, oh well. Because that's what we find. Those are the stakes. I had no idea these would be the stakes, but apparently, you know, Eternia is the place where the universe came from. All Everything comes from Eternia, and if you blow up this sphere, everything ends. Reality ends. It seems like maybe they wanted to keep it in multiple spe- spheres hidden around the galaxy, you know, in places that people would forget. Or a couple boxes, you <laughs> yeah, know? Just some, some sort of failsafe, because, like, wow, that is a lot of, uh, that is a lot of power in one little orb. Yeah, like some sort of nesting magical sphere. Something. Ball. 
Yeah, just give me something. Versus, I mean, to be fair, it took a lot for Skeletor to get there. It's. And, I mean, that's fair, but I mean, even my phone has an extra little case on it, so if yeah, I drop I, it, it's okay. Yeah, no, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's, you know, like, how I, you know, a little bubble wrap. I don't yep. know. Just something. something. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, all right. I mean, you also have a He-Man, though. Like, that's the whole point, but you would think yeah. He-Man would know that, too. Like... Right. I mean, I don't yeah, want to tell does, you. Everyone is seems surprised by everything that is happening. Yeah, and not only surprised, but then he knows how to deal with it. Yeah, that that part. I mean, we have so, twenty minutes of this episode, right? You know, the the runtime is twenty minutes. They got to figure out how to like do things with expedience. But certainly, like the sorceress shows up. She's like, "I stop time, but time is more powerful than magic, so we don't have much time." Yeah, but and, it's still cool to see her do that and show oh, how yeah. powerful she was, that she was, it, like, it, slowing it down. That was cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely a, a cool moment. And, but then they're like, why did you do this? And she's like, well, I just wanted to see Tila one last time. I'm not going to tell her why, but, you know, even though <laughs> I think that the all of existence will end in moments, I'm not going to drop this uh, this other major secret on Tila, but I'm just going to show up and be like, hi! Anyway, everything's gonna end, and then He-Man's <laughs> like, "Wait, whoa, whoa! Uh, what if I did this?" And the the source is like, "Yeah, that would work." And then, to me, it seemed like she didn't know, like she had no idea that that was an option. But when He-Man brought it up, she just felt insecure. So she's like, "Oh yeah, no, I I knew it, I knew that. Yeah, that would work. But you have to do it. But I did, you know, it would be bad. But I wasn't gonna say anything. But that, yeah, that would work. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, like." Who who is the keeper of all this knowledge inside the orb? Like at a certain point, you know, he's like, Yeah, if I just call down to the power of Grayskull again while I'm as He-Man, which I guess we never see him turn back from He-Man to Prince Adam. So I don't know if there was like a depowering thing, you know, like I know I have the power. don't have the power. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Prince Adam. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, everything is in reverse. I don't know how it works. Um, but the fact is, like, yeah, if I do this, it'll contain everything because the real failsafe is that the power sword is the most important thing. It acts, it can act as a conduit to channel magic or energy. They figure it's like kind of like a kludgy sort of like makeshift solution, but. It is funny how he he kind of seems to bring it up off the top of his head, and the sorceress is like, "Yes, of course, yeah, no, I do that, yeah, of uh, course." Uh, Everyone knows that, uh, you know. You didn't have to tell me. Let's just let the record show that nobody told me. I already do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it it works. <laughs> so it, like uh, he does he does that. You know, he's uh, channeling the power. Because mm-hmm. she's like, we're out of time. Here it comes, and <laughs> and so he does exactly what he says, and it, and it seems it's starting to work. But during the process, he transforms back into Prince Adam, and this is the moment that we we see it's finally revealed to Tila that Battle Cat and He Man were Cringer and Prince Adam all along. She witnesses it herself, and so does Skeletor. And I love this 
part where he's like, It's just a boy! And he's holding the power of the universe in his bare hands! No! That power is mine! <laughs> that was so Skeletor and yep. so well done. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the power sword split in twain. Mm-hmm. Um... Which was kind of cool, you know. I, I like the nod to the the toys as well. You know, originally, uh, for the folks listening at home who might not know, you know, He Man had one half of the power sword and Skeletor had the other one, because realistically, Castle Grayskull didn't belong to any one person. Whoever had the keys to it kind of owned it. So, and the key to Castle Grayskull was the power sword, and you had both of them together, or if you had a stick. You could open the gates of the toy by pushing the lever <laughs> out of the way. That's, that was the ultimate. <laughs> you know, but it was it was it was neat to kind of see it, you know, like see it have the two weird wicked forms, you know, a little purple nod to the evil side and you know the gold nod to the light side. Um Yeah. I yeah. love that part. And then in a flash of light, Skeletor, Prince Adam uh, are are gone, and all that is left is a greasy smudge, a greasy, sm- uh, smutty smudge on the ground. Yeah, like someone spilt like an extra large soda at the movie theater, and just, or like, somebody no. like set off an M eighty. Yeah, okay, that's closer to it, I guess. <laughs> like it would have been cool to have like you know like He Man's boots just small, just an ear. <laughs> Oh god! Just one of you, just Prince Adam's ear. Yeah. All right. There's Ned, and, and, and of course he keeps looking at it. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> get him out of here! <laughs> get out of my dreams, Mechanic, and I'll run you over with my car. <laughs> no, it's gonna be like, get out of my dreams, get into the trash. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go there. Get out of my dreams and into this wood chipper. Um, yeah, we see Tila witnesses everything, and she, of course, she is crushed. Crushed. So is Evil Lynn, who picks up the uh, the discarded um, remnants of the Havoc staff and and bubbles away into her uh, invisibility um, spell. I guess somehow, I guess there's enough magic, magic, residual magic left over that she is able to, uh, to still use, um, magic. But, uh, then we cut, we've crossfade on Tila's horrified face back to the palace. And, um, the truth is laid bare. Not only did Eternia lose their champion, but. The the royals, Randor and Malena, 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 have lost their son. Yeah. That's rough. And uh, good on Alicia Silverstone playing Marlena, giving it a thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, might as well. You know, just, mm-hmm. just, just get into it and the fact that, like, you know, the realization dawning upon, uh, upon Randor's face, he's like, it's not possible. You know, like, it can't, it can't be. No way 
Prince Adam is He-Man. Have you seen Prince Adam? And then kind of like that <laughs> realization going, oh my God, all the shit that I've given this kid for years. Earlier in the same episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he that dude, that is an insult. Like, that is that is a therapy insult right there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, parental pride, Adam. Something I hope that I can feel one day. And you're just like, oh my god, you are the worst dad. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You love fireworks and you love hurting your family. Good yep. on you, Randor. <laughs> you suck. You are the least observant king ever, Randor. So congratulations on your brand new trauma. I shouldn't laugh at somebody's misfortune there, but you know, Randor, I think you kind of deserve it. You kind of had it coming, yeah, and uh, he yeah. reacts much like an idiot would react uh, in his grief. Everyone is handling their grief slightly differently in this this scene, but his uh, response, much like Tila's, is is to be angry. And he takes it out on Duncan and banishes him from the land forever. And he wants uh, Tila to help him out, but. Um, She's kind of had enough of everybody because she just realized that her pretty much her entire life up until that point was a lie. Yeah, everyone who she's old near and dear to her heart has lied to her. Yeah, and her best friend in the world is dead, but also was, uh, you know, the the person who was telling everyone to lie to her. So she is understandably convicted and, um, you know, she renounces her title of a man at arms and storms out of the castle. Yep. And that's yep. where the episode ends. So, John, what did you think of this episode? Uh, Season one, episode one, power, uh, the power of Grayskull. Oh, I dug it. It, it was great. It was, uh, it was almost like uh, coming home from a long trip and putting on a comfortable pair of pajama bottoms. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. I was listening to, I think as I mentioned before, I listened to podcasts which feature uh, Griffin Newman, who plays Orko on this show, and he was talking about how the the approach that the writers of this show took to making it, and basically they said their mission statement was, um, let's take all the you know how you felt about the show as a kid which you like when you were watching it as a kid you didn't realize it was corny you didn't realize it was cheesy you took everything very seriously and you invested um seriousness into the actions of he-man and and like all these different characters and so what if you made a show that treated um you know, these characters with the the sort of respect and um, gravity that you put into it as a kid. And I think they achieve that f- pretty admirably. And I think it even gets more interesting and better as the uh, season progresses. And I know it's sad to have He-Man and Skeletor uh vanish like this and it's affecting but i think that gives you an interesting story hook that you are going to tune in for you know you're gonna because you don't know exactly you think he man was vaporized but you don't know exactly what happened they're gone but you don't know 
you don't see a body, so you're not really sure what the the, the deal is there. It's a mystery that is interesting to solve. So I I after I saw this first episode, I was hooked. And I have to tell you, in preparation for this podcast, I have watched it four times. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> only four times. But, you know, I watched it once initially. You know, I, as I told you, I, I was just going to watch the episodes sort of, you know, space, space them out. But I ended up watching the entire five episode op- offering um, all in a row. And then, of course, I watched it to, to take notes. And then I've watched it twice since just because I like it so much. Yeah, it's a, that tracks. I watched it. Yeah, I, I think I've watched it five times. Yeah. First time, and then I watched it with the wife, and then I watched it again to take notes. Then I watched it again in prep for this episode, and then when we moved some things around, I watched it again <laughs> just <laughs> to make sure that my notes um, all tracked, and I kind of got the feeling with it. I mean, you know, there was a level of camp there's a level of seriousness. It it just, it hit a lot of notes and I, I appreciated that. Um, and also I appreciated the fact that, you know, it was just like what happens when your, your, your greatest hero and your greatest villain disappears, who takes their place, you know, like who, who kind of fits that in that. And that's what hooked me. I was like, cause without these, big motivators, you know, that we would normally get an episode. Where does this go from here? And then I just remembered, you know, it's called masters of the universe, not master of the universe. There's more than one. So I was like, okay, I can't wait to see what they do next. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know, if you are, if you have just maybe seen this first episode and you are listening to this and you're wondering, well, I don't really want to tune in if He-Man's not going to be a big part of it. He is. Don't want to give anything away, but He-Man, it will be continuing being a part of these episodes as we go forward. And the arc there is really interesting. So I hope that you stick with the show and that you stick with us. Um, but what is coming up next time on Dear Skeletor? Well, we're going to talk about Season 1, Episode 2, The Poison Chalice. Now mercenaries, Tila and her partner accept a job from a mysterious woman to retrieve an old goblet from deep within Snake Mountain. Sounds like an exciting episode to be sure. But... Before we say goodbye this week, we'd like to thank Burton M6 for our theme song. If you're interested in having him make a piece of music for you, check the show notes for a link to his Fiverr page. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, are you uh, have you just got an amuse bouche of John and I's brand of pop culture humor, and you'd like to check out more? Please check out our other podcast, Pop Saga. It uh, is this, but about other stuff. <laughs> so check out that. It's in all of the places you can find po- uh, podcasts. I was going to say pop sagas, but you know, they're one and the same, sort of. So <laughs> until next time, be kind to each other. Because when it comes to making the world a better place, 
for everyone. Remember, you have the power! To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know, Masters of the Universe, Revelations, for sure, we breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in, before He-Man grab somebody and start eating, from Evil Lynn, Clamp Champ, Tila, and the Man of Arms, they have the power, so come and join the squad, yeah, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, let's go!